Hey, Unpackers, it is your girl, Cola B. Talking, the hostess with the mostess of podcasts. You know what I'm saying? I host Black in the Garden. When I'm not doing this, I'll be like managing little kids <laughs> in Atlanta to the best of my ability, but I am an official Unpacker just by default of being the host of this show. And I appreciate y'all for joining me and my co-host, Sunita. Hey, girl. Hello. How's everyone? I'm a little delayed. I, my coffee <laughs> kicked in, but yes. Your didn't kick in. Okay, fair. I, I'm also, you know, I'm a newbie to these podcasting streets. Mm. So host another podcast, OVI, mm-hmm. Outside Voice Inside. Mm-hmm. Mm, that show is good. Everywhere. OVI podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Mm. I also am a manager of a not so little person, an age little person, but you know, I have a tiny giant. You said manager and I thought you were going to discuss this new job that you took on that I didn't know about. I was just like, you a manager? What? Manage me. I mean, Um, I'd be directing business operations too. Seriously, she be doing the things. And I always like to remind the people that you be writing because I love how writers be observing things. And if I may brag slash give you your flowers, one of the smartest, most logical people I know, I've been saying that for over 10 years, okay? And still, after all these years, just have not come across many people that are as intelligent and observant and able to articulate as such in such a way that it's just very, very moving to me. So I appreciate you and that big old brain you got, you know what I'm saying? Thank you, Cola. We got to give each other our flowers, period. Because <laughs> yes. especially as Black women, we ain't going to just come across those too easily. So I salute thee. And gosh, where do we begin? White fashion. Wow. That's the name of the episode. But I have to give a little bit more disclaimer. There's something I left out of the prelude to this episode. I'm assuming you've heard it by now. It was very short. I was just kind of explaining some things because I felt like some things needed explaining. But one of the things that I want to touch on is like the concept of live tweeting. I would really like to engage in a more like robust way around Atlanta. And maybe by the next few episodes, we'll figure out something that we can do. Like I'm, I would love to have a watch party for the end of the season. Y'all tweet us at Unpacking Atlanta on Twitter. If you're into it, we would love to set something up like that. We're going to do it no matter what, because we might as well, since we're doing this. Um, But the thing about live tweeting, though, is everybody has to be on at the same time. I am not one of those who has cable that watches it when the show comes out. I watch it on Hulu. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Hulu. Maybe y'all should think about sponsoring us if, if anybody gets the word over at Hulu. But yeah, child, I don't see the show until Friday morning same because i'm listen streaming services are expensive and we me and my friends are all about the family packages so hulu 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 (laughs) is one of those i pay for hulu but i don't pay for the live hulu so oh i have to watch all my stuff is posted the next day and I mean, I'm aware that these are first world problems, but um, it is. <laughs> so we live in the first world, but 
just saying all this to say that, um, you know, I really would love, like, it would be my ideal goal to have the Unpacking Atlanta podcast air within 24 to 48 hours of the time that the show airs. But that is just not what life is for us. We record this uh, about 48 hours after it comes out anyway. (laughs) So, you know, but we're into it. And, you know, last time I shared it on my Instagram, um, somebody was like, yeah, man, that was confusing. I am tuning in and uh, appreciate y'all for uh, just being part of this because we all confused. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't think so much confused at this episode. Hell nah. Let's get crystal clear. The only thing that was not clear, and just in case you were not aware, in case you're one of them people that don't read and you didn't read the episode notes indicating spoiler alerts, this is where the spoilers begin. So I'm getting ahead, but we're not going to, we're going to start from the beginning. But one of the things, the biggest thing that was unclear that I know was left out intentionally was what was the issue? What was the apology for? What had happened? The where uh what's his name? What was that? Where the, the whole episode essentially was that like, was the uh, the apology was what what we're gonna sleep with is the Central Park Five jersey. That was what the apology oh was. Oh my god, for. I'm so slow. Damn it. Wow, you guys. I thought you were going to be like, this is why I just said what I said. This is why when I, (laughs) listen, all the flowers, like I cannot, I would, I wish I could get up right now and go and get some flower seeds and go and sprinkle them hoes for you because that's how many flowers, (laughs) give me a whole field. (laughs) I would give you all the flowers. Because I looked at it twice and like Central Park 5 did not ring for me. I know it was plenty other people that caught it, but I did not catch it. So let's just start from the beginning and we will get there and it won't take long. Um, Just the title alone. I knew that fuckery was afoot. Listen. What what did you think when you saw the title? Did you read the description? They finna be doing some appropriation bullshit. Watch. <laughs> that was the first thing I yeah. thought of. It wasn't telling much, but it uh, was also telling a lot. And it was right on point. I'm like, white fashion. Okay. What, what is white fashion? Everything they steal from everybody else. See? Listen, this jerk. Can we please talk about this jersey cola? Oh, we gonna talk about the jersey. I was just, I actually... Because, you know, as the show progresses, as Unpacking Atlanta progresses, I feel like I'm getting a little bit smoother about how I host it. And so (laughs) I'm really going through scene by scene. And it's really at the very top. But I just wanted to indicate the title was something. And another thing that I want to indicate was I remember you mentioned to me that you mentioned that you were not paying attention to the way that the, the voice that the the caption for the episodes is written in. Yeah. So on Hulu, when you're picking your episode, I, I never noticed the descriptions until this Mm -hmm. season. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was really shocking to me because I've been noticing that for a long time and back on season one or two, probably one though, uh, Mm -hmm. they wrote the descriptions very similarly. Sometimes 
most of the time it wouldn't have really much to do with the episode and mm-hmm. it's just I don't get it but I get it and it's it's just funny to me I don't know whose voice it's supposed to be in so, so <laughs> I was like is this Donald Glover's voice or is this a white person's I don't because my brain doesn't allow me to think that it is anyone else's voice Oh, really? Just because of how it's written. It sounds like he's either talking or a white person is talking, which I kind of feel bad saying that because you can't talk like you're white or black, but Mm. it's written a certain way. I'll say that. Yeah, it is. Perceived tone there. It's a perceived tone indeed. So yeah, I just remember just off the top being like, these people are delusional. They are like, how do you, cause I'm seeing everything is coming together. I'm seeing this whole, oh, we'll do a Jersey. Oh, streetwear. And I was just like, wait, how are y'all? Don't act like you ain't never seen no damn Jersey as a streetwear staple before. So how are you? It's like, they were discussing it as if this was some kind of original concept or I don't know, mate, was I reading into it too far? Did you notice the animal that was on the front of the Jersey? No, did I? What was the animal? A fucking raccoon. I feel like that went over my head. (laughs) Tamara was like, Sunita the raccoon and I said you know what I was so taken aback when they turned that bitch around and it says now they and this is the craftiness and the insidiousness of whiteness is that they're like oh well we use the number five to uh, indicate our five-year anniversary but this is the problem with not having true inclusion at your company is Mm -hmm. if you had a black person on the team they would have said you cannot put these words and this number together on this because it is racist if i would have been there i hope i would have caught that because i damn sure didn't catch it (laughs) this this is why it's so important for us when i say us i'm talking about black people Mm -hmm. And also non-white people to be part of things. Now we're not, you know, we're not part of things simply because, oh, I don't want to fuck with them. They won't let us in, right? Mm-hmm. So we have to make our own way. But we never make no jersey like that. No, no. Because no. of and then to the advertisement is with this white woman with the jersey on black men. Black men with no clothes on and one cloth. What they in the motherfucking I didn't see that. They Good. had on Was I even looking? They had on drawers that looked like shit you wore back in when people were enslaved. Here wow. I go thinking I'm so prepared for this episode. I'm like, yo, I seen it twice. <laughs> I seen everything that I needed to see. That was crazy. But there was like levels and layers that I still somehow missed. I didn't, all I saw when they showed, like maybe it was my screen, maybe I looked away, I don't know. But I just remember seeing it was like cut off. Yes. Um, I didn't see underwear. I didn't see more than like their necks. 
Well, if they were positioned differently. I need to go back and look. I was positioned differently. So you didn't even see their faces, really. Mm -hmm. You may have seen one guy's face. But it Mm -hmm. was like, I I was screaming, literally like, oh my God, in shock. But not so much that, why would white people do this? But like, oh my God, he's nailing it. He's nailing it. Because yes. you Wait know, they would be like, I don't, I don't understand. What did we do wrong? How white people do things, and then be like, I, how is that racist? I don't understand. Why would you call us racist? Because you didn't even think about what you were doing. Well, that that is no. a part of their privilege, um, and I always have to point that out. Is that like that's a very important thing, like. For anybody who is white that dares to even listen to this, because you know, we really the way the nature of the way that the episodes play out, it just leaves so much room to clown y'all. And um it you have to be aware of your privilege in order to understand where the where all this is coming from. And you have to be aware of your privilege to even get anywhere if your interest is wokeness or allyship or whatever so you know that's just my disclaimer to anybody who is white who may take offense to any of this um we don't apologize but um (laughs) that's that's real that privilege that privilege is definitely what informs all of that and it was just all up and through this episode it was i felt gaslit at the end extremely (laughs) i remember because we it was funny because even though we don't have like the we don't see it at the same time we ended up watching at the same time because when you texted me that you just finished watching it it was within five minutes of when i finished watching it so we were both you know having our emotional roller coaster and i legit had to go take a walk i was like oh this feels yucky (laughs) I don't like this. This is not cool. I was like, am I going to be able to look at this again? How do I look at this again? Um, But when I looked at it again, I, I didn't feel as it it helped to know what was about to happen next and to have had some time to process it. But wow, it's the Columbus attitude for me. Yes. Like, like you created something that was great. And it's like, no, you didn't. You assholes. Just trash just trash and um it was just interesting how paperboy was t- talking about free drip like gosh i'm ready i really i'm ready to get into it but at the same time i'm just like paperboy got had a has a lot more learning to do in that regard um thank you so much i cannot thank you enough for just helping me understand like I really thought that I missed it. I was like, oh, we're not going to get into like what they're apologizing for, but it was for that. That was the backlash that they received is that the Jersey said Central Park Five. And for those of you who are completely unawares, not even going to shame you, the Central Park Five, you want to update them and just give them a quick little synopsis as to what the Central Park Park Five represents. It was those five young men in New York who were accused of assaulting this white lady accused it wasn't there was no proof that they did it Mm -hmm. these five young black boys 
they were not even old ass teenagers. They were young boys. They were children. And they were five of them. Mm -hmm. And the terror that was rained down upon them and their families by white people. And especially the media. And yes, Donald Trump even has something to do with that. But you don't have yeah. to worry about us saying that name too many times around here because ill. But uh, it was a yeah, that highly unfortunate series of events with those children yeah. traumatized for the rest of their life. Yeah. Over whiteness. And it doesn't matter how many millions some of them received ultimately in a settlement after that don't take back the trauma. It, it really does. Nope. You can't unring the bell as they say. So if you know, you know, but if you didn't know and you want to learn more about it, if you haven't seen that docudrama, it. it was a Netflix. Was it a Netflix? It, just so go find had, This is kind of sidebar. Did you watch that? I did. And that's, I couldn't. My heart is heavy. I, I, I I'm glad that you couldn't. I, I, I don't really, it's like I recommend it, but I also am like, proceed with caution because it is heart wrenching, heartbreaking. Mm, I did see Shout it. Shout out to those actors. I give them kudos. Yeah. But I cannot watch a lot of things about Black people being enslaved and Black people being mistreated, abused, beat, killed, because it makes me so angry. I actually want to harm white people. And I'm just being honest. So I have to absorb that stuff very carefully. And y'all heard what she said. This is for everybody's protection. Like, you don't want to have to have the feels that that brings up. You don't want to have to deal with that. The anger is very angering. And um, you don't want to, you especially don't want to act out on that because <laughs> then where you end up, you know, don't want to have to deal with that. Yeah, like, what did that happen to my kid? And so speaking of kids, mm -hmm. they sent that jersey to that little boy. And see, this is why it's so important oh, for us God. to talk to our children yeah. about these things. Because I did talk to Logan about Bug, y'all, is my daughter. Mm -hmm. I talked to her about the Central Park Five. Mm -hmm. And for anyone who doesn't know, Bug used to have really long hair and she cut it off. Mm -hmm. She does not, you cannot pin a gender on her now because her hair is really short it's about short length cola mm -hmm. and she does not dress very girly she dresses like a tomboy and she's tall mm -hmm. she's like five eight and she's yeah. only 12 so she could be mistaken for a young black boy mm -hmm. and she wears hoodies y'all so the the fact that they made this jersey and gave it to this kid it's like please educate your children yeah. White people, educate your children too. I, this Central Park Five shit, Google it. You don't even have to watch this shit. No, you don't have to watch the documentary. Like all of the facts have been revealed. You know, it, fortunately, everything was able to literally come out in the wash. But the egregiousness of that whole situation, and situation certainly doesn't give it enough weight, 
-hmm. and considering now I can really, I really, really fully get it. Like it's really like sitting on my chest right now. Yeah, that was, that was horrible. And that has even changed the whole tone of how I'm proceeding with the rest of this episode, because I'm like, yo, all them shenanigans when they were sitting at the table and all that. And yo, it's interesting to me how that was not specifically said though. Like it wasn't what? specifically said, hey, y'all did this and that was fucked up. Didn't they didn't have to say it because that was the whole purpose of all of this extra great treatment that Al all of a sudden received. It was constantly being reiterated why that happened even mm-hmm. down to them making this campaign. They would have never made that campaign had that not happened. And then they completely fucking whitewashed it with the all lives yeah. matter bullshit. Oh, child, yes. And we're, we are getting there. But like, I definitely wanted to, as we're going through the progression of the way that the episode took place, unfolded or whatever, um, Ern was suggesting like this meaningful kind of initiative and it made a lot of sense. And I was like, yeah, that, that sounds, that sounds about right. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say about white. That sounds about right to, <laughs> to do that. And, um, but that's not, and then Paperboy was like laughing it off, which was also odd. Um, and but then, don't leave out what he said. What did he say? He said, you know what happened to niggas who do that? Niggas like you. You're the spook who sat by the door. Y'all get shot. Y'all get killed. Whether Mm -hmm. that's physically or metaphorically stating. I've worked with enough nonprofit organizations. I I hate to say this, but it's kind of true. In order to get funding, like the hoops that they make Black people jump through to get funding for these nonprofit organizations to actually Mm -hmm. do some good in the community Wow, that's it, I'm living that right now. Mm-hmm. So you know, you really I started a nonprofit organization a few months ago, and good luck, sis. Definitely <laughs> didn't anticipate that I would have to deal with some of the types of things that I've had to deal with. It certainly wasn't as who. It, it's not been like traumatizing, but it has been surprising for someone such as myself who would, did not have experience with it. And I, I wish I would have just asked you first. You could have saved me. You could have helped me at least manage my expectations. I was still going to do it. But in case you're wondering, it is the Underground Arborist, the initiative that is going forth to plant a tree in every state in order to raise awareness for Black people's need to be more centered in the conversation about environmentalism and mm-hmm. about all of the many ways that not having trees in our communities that have been historically redlined to not have trees in all of the shitty ways that that affects our communities. Cause you know, reasons you can go to undergroundarborist.org. I'll put that in the um, episode notes, but cause that's not what we're here for. But right, I couldn't help but, yeah, I knew that this was definitely gonna come up. So we just might as well get that out right at the very top. Yeah. I, the, the, just me being involved in environmentalism, like when you think about activists and activism around that, um, you definitely think about white people doing that and like hugging trees or whatever. And like, I just found out about an organization, I'm not even gonna say 
the name. I don't even want to give anything away about it, but I will say that I am aware of a white-led organization, um, nonprofit that specifically deals with trees and they raise multi-million dollars easily. They, they have partnerships with, and I'm assuming donations from very large corporations. You know, there's a lot to that. I feel like when you're dealing with that kind of funding and when you're dealing with certain types of entities, then you get into some potentially scandalous type of shit. And (laughs) I want to maintain my, my ethics is the simplest way that I can put it. So yeah, integrity. Thank you. You be knowing words. Okay. So (laughs) So that really hit home for me um, when Ern was suggesting what he was suggesting, but very good point because I, I didn't, that did kind of go over my head as well when it it felt very jokey when he was, when um, Al was like, you know, niggas like that get killed. And I'm just like, shit. And then I read about an environmentalist who was killed in 2016. Wait, Um, this is, this is relevant. The, the guy who set himself on fire recently on the Earth Day to try to draw attention, yeah, to draw attention to the climate control situation in our world. And yeah. the media conveniently disregarded it, like didn't pay it no attention. This man set himself on fire. He is dead, Cola. Oh, he died? Yes. Yes, Whoa. it's interesting that you say that he that set life. himself on fire and I'm going to try not to go too deep down this rabbit hole because I want to <laughs> get through this episode. But like the thought that I had at one point when I was reading the article, I had to literally stop and be like, am I willing to die for this? And my immediate answer was no. I'm not going to lie. I'm not finna cap for y'all. Like I didn't fuck it up. So I got to die for it. For fixing I judge it. you for it. Listen. That, I'm just being real. I'll fight real hard or whatever. But when I feel like my life is in danger, then I'm going to have to pump the brakes a little bit, but I'm going to do my best to <laughs> make as much of an impact as, as I can uh, leading up to that. But just sticking to the episode, y'all just stick to the episode. <laughs> Whew, exasperation was uh, something that I felt during the whole watching this. I wish I would have maybe like took note of my blood pressure, my my. <laughs> before I started and just yes. kind of monitored that throughout but that press conference did I miss anything from the press conference <laughs> I have to say this it bothers me in my spirit when people behave how Khalil did that was a little guy who was flailing around all over the place yeah Yeah, It bothers me mainly because while I understand why they're those types of black people have to exist in a way. I feel like you're sacrificing some of your dignity just to get this money. Right. Mm-hmm. And even when he was explaining to Al, this is not how you do it. You have to, if you want to get these people's money and if you want to make a difference, you have to start your own nonprofit organization and then do the things that you want to do outside of that. But in order to get this money, you have to do these things. And sometimes I operate from this idealistic place that we do not have to sacrifice our integrity and we do not have to be undignified in trying to do these things. But if we keep it funky, 
we live in America. We live, this world operates off of currency, whatever kind of currency it is, right? I'm not even going to say the dollar. Whatever. Right. So it's like two, you know, that thing, two things can be right at the same time. So true at the same time. Mm -hmm. Right. There, there are those people who they're not going to sacrifice their dignity or their integrity and they're going to, you got to take the long road, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's so many people who, they're going to do some good, but it is at risk of their integrity and dignity. And Al had to learn that the hard way. And Khalil yeah. was trying to normalize it. And that, I think, is what bothers me so much is there are tons of Black people who normalize that. And that's why I hate respectability politics. Ooh, because yes. we have to embrace them in order to do that. You just said quite a bit there. That was, that's everything right there that um, it, and there was this part before the press conference when they were still doing their, you know, when Paperboy was making his ask of the designer Mm -hmm. um, where they were like, oh no, we can't give you money. And so they going to make money. I watched it again though. I just realized how, Khalil, he, he recognized that he recognized how the game worked. You know, like he said, he's what 73 police shootings, something about, I don't remember exactly what the line was. And to your point about feeling very icky about him. I don't like the way he said that. It just, that was so glazed over, right? It was just like, this is, you clearly have become a vulture to really capitalize off of white guilt, which is like, I can't even be mad at that. Like, I can't be mad at it, but don't lose your sensitivity to these injustices in your pursuit of getting the bag, you know? Cause like when they were, God, just, I don't want to get ahead of myself because there's, there's other scenes that came before that. But when they said that they can't get the money and then I realized, oh boy, he knew that he needed to have because they said we can donate it to your to your favorite charity, and that's when he could have just been like, "Cool, it's the Paperboy Foundation," you know. But it wasn't in place, so here, no. here's the thing where we have to acknowledge, despite my note that I wrote that Al was a coon, I have to mm-hmm. acknowledge that he was playing the game very well when mm-hmm. he when they told him, "Oh, we." we're not giving you any money. And then he started naming off all the things he wanted, which actually adds up to a hell of a lot of money. It does. It doesn't, it doesn't benefit anyone. And if we keep it funky, when they don't donate money to charities of our choice, we don't know if that money went there. Very real. And that's why I can give Khalil some credit by saying, look, if as long as he knows, and he did explicitly say it, he's like, when it goes to your charity, you control the money. Yep. So he was very much right about that, but he just was very problematic in all those other ways. But so that scene, mm-hmm. the, at the fashion house leads to Darius taking yes. to the restaurant. Just all, all he wanted was some jollof rice. That's and it. then he ends up <laughs> unintentionally, of course, at this restaurant, it, just exposing this colonizer 
to were you were did you clock how she was calculating like did you see from the beginning okay mm-hmm. she wasn't even interested in the food for real like i don't eat that i don't like that but you were willing to exploit this this business like oh well they have been trying to sell and you know she saw an opportunity she and she was- grabbed it because she had the money to do it and there's no telling but this is what i wanted to ask mm-hmm. was those Darius's people like his family because did you hear him call it lady auntie and that's the nigerian thing it so i understand that part but mm-hmm. his familiarity mm-hmm. too with the lady i received that as no, I totally get that. Um, I received that as he looked very relieved to have been in that foreign country for as long as he had been yeah. there and to finally come across someone who undoubtedly reminded him of like his for real auntie. And so mm-hmm. it was it was endearment. It was very much like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm eating the, you know, he's eating the food from his homeland and he's just very much relaxed in that way. And I so, love that scene. I love that scene. And it was, him, his hair looked like Ebo. <laughs> <laughs> Does Ebo mean white people? No, that's an African tribe. Oh, God, see? It's spelled I- I-G-B-O. God, I've seen that word before, but okay, boom. So yes, I'm. we're learning as we go, y'all. I am not one who is trying to be up here, trying to fool people into thinking that I know all the things. And I hope that y'all can appreciate that. But yeah, I just, did you catch when she said her Shazam wasn't working? Yes, like, bitch, shut up. Wow. If you don't eat this food and enjoy it, and then you the critiquing of it, mm, mm-hmm. everything was good except Thor. It's not your food. Shut up. And you know what it, it reminded me of? Yeah. There's this lady on TikTok who was talking about um, some Asian cuisine and how it was so disgusting and ew, they need to prepare that better. And it was a dish where the egg is no different than a poached egg, but it was the way that they made it was a little different because it was from a different culture. Yeah. This same raggedy bitch had made like, <laughs> I think some spaghetti and put raw eggs over it or something or like sunny side. And it was just like, how dare you disrespect Asian culture? Like, ill, that's so disgusting. And you turn around and say, this is an Italian dish. Oh, so because it's white agents, it's okay. Fuck you. Yeah. And that that's what she reminded me of in that scene where she was like, everything was good except what she said, everything was good except the, the goat. I didn't catch that part. I forgot to mention how that scene opened with the scene from the African movie. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> that shit was that hilarious. Felt, that felt good. I was like, a nod to the African movies. It was called I Sharon Stone. To, to oh, you watch the Beyonce movies? <laughs> I do. I do. But then I just, I feel like that was disrespectful. This white lady, you hate fish because she date. Uh-huh. No, I hate fish. You hate fish, but you want to open an African restaurant? That's that like saying you hate rice, but you want to open a Thai food restaurant. I mean, there's so many cultural cuisines that are centric around rice. So you could name any of those, but yes. 
Boo to her. We got ahead a little bit with the indication about the food truck, but you know, we'll get there. After that, they were at the table discussing the things about what they wanted, you know, and that's... You're talking about the influencers, right? Yeah, the influencers and... And that's, there's a problem there with this concept of like activists being influencers. I'm not even going to say that it's a bad thing for activists to be influencers because activists, it's easier for them to do their jobs and to raise the awareness that they need to raise towards injustices in a real way, hopefully, when they have influence. But this is not that. That was not that. That was like the gross other side of it. And what I'm hoping that you can help me provide some insight on is what is going on with the Black Lives Matter leaders? Oh my God, so much. Um, I've heard, well, just give us a, the, the simplest summary that you can, but I've just, it just came to my attention that there's some fuck shit going on. I'm just like, oh damn, like in something that is very much specifically tied into what's happening in this episode in in the same fashion so what's what's the tea I mean these three women have always they've been catching hell since day one of starting not of starting the organization because they had all the support when they when they were poor when they had no money right Mm -hmm. the minute the money started coming in. There's all this questioning about what are you guys doing with the money? Why are you buying this? Why are you buying that? And there's this huge magnifying glass we put over Black people who Mm -hmm. get a lot of money through activism that we do not throw on companies like Red Cross. We do not put these magnifying glasses over all of these charities. American Cancer Society. Right. We don't, we, we're like, oh, well, they need all the money for this. And I, in working for a not, I'm not going to say which big one I worked for. Oh, you worked for a big one. Oh, wow. One time I did. And I've worked Mm -hmm. for several smaller ones. Mm -hmm. But when I worked for the big one, there was called administrative fees, right? Absolutely. That's how people get their salaries. So there are some Nonprofit organizations that pay extremely well because, as you know, you have a budget and your budget is for the year, right? And you include people's salaries in that, but you don't call them salaries. You call them administrative fees. And it's have to pay the people who do the work. And the people at the top were getting like, for this organization that I work for, their salaries was like regular CEO salaries. Oh. Millions. Okay. Wow. And this is a nonprofit organization that people freely give their money to all Happily. the time. Repeatedly. So let's go back to Black Lives Matter. We're mm-hmm. scrutinizing these women. They shouldn't be buying this. And how much did that house cost? And why do they have three houses? And and I'm over it. I'm over it. So there's been this. Last I know of, and something could have changed by now, they're just under scrutiny about what they've used the money for. Is it, are they using the money for what they said they're using it for? And when I first moved to back to California four years, was it four years ago? Mm. No, shit, time goes by. Six years ago, when I moved back to California. Six years ago. 
I was in LA and I was very supportive of the Black Lives Matter movement and I caught hell from a few people for it. Like them because bitches know what they're doing and blah blah. And so I say this to say, and I know you said give some insight. If possible. I'm not gonna talk shit about those women because they did something that most black people would never even think, never want to do, not think to do. They wouldn't mm-hmm. want to do it because most activists, contrary to our one-offs, mm-hmm. they don't make no money. Absolutely not. I, listen, I am not even trying to dispute anything that you're saying because I totally get what you mean and, and the spirit that you're saying all these things in, which is like, um, it, it's just the simple matter of you, you black out here and you've struggled and yeah. you are doing work that how can you put a price value on the emotional labor that is required in order to do that kind of work? I'm familiar with how they got started. It started as a result of an injustice. Yes. Um, don't get me started lying on who it was. And unfortunately, there's just been so many <laughs> that, and I'm laughing in a frustrated way. I'm not laughing humorously. Mm-hmm. But there's been so many that I'm like, um, hold on. It wasn't George Floyd. That was 2020. It was Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Right? I remember hearing one of them detailing how they came out to clean the blood off the streets mm-hmm. and all other manner of things similar to that. So, like, I I get it. I'm with you. I'm not even willing to raise my voice to criticize how you live in as a result of the influx of money that is coming in. I would just like to hope that the money is being used in a way that is contributing to the movement in a way that is appropriate. But we could not have (laughs) this conversation about this episode without getting into that. So I can appreciate um, that perspective and I support that. But them motherfuckers was doing the most. And, and then oh, the guy, the guy that it was never confirmed, was he black? I don't think he was black. <laughs> and then there was another person who was at the table and I don't think she was black either. And I didn't fully realize that she was at the table trying to get stuff like everybody else she was giving like filipino-ish yes and yes. i'm not even trying to take nothing away from our uh black folks that are at that are you know multiracial but you know they did that on purpose and that was a part of the joke which was like nigga is you really black you know <laughs> because perhaps you shouldn't be up here and he was just it wouldn't have come into question, are you really black? If you wouldn't have been up there talking about, what was he talking about, Jordans? He was asking for things that absolutely did nothing for the community. They were all material things. It was all self-serving. Everything that he had requested was to serve himself. And that was very apparent. And you could tell, he just he was frustrating to watch because he just seemed like he was very dim. And I just, you know, I know it's not always right, but I'm not really a big fan of people who (laughs) present in such a way where it's like, what is the word that you say? 
Willfully obtuse. Willfully obtuse. Just mm, can't vibe with that. So that was not, that was not resonating for me. That was one of the scenes that had me feeling very strongly in many different directions. So definitely had to try to unpack as much of that as possible. And <laughs> did you notice though, that the white people were like the servants in the back? Again, I couldn't help but wonder like, how are they receiving all of that? To see, to, to be in the room with black people talking like that. Listen, I feel like the big payback was resonating through all of these episodes. <laughs> yeah, I see what you mean. Like that theme of like the white servitude and that was just, mm. okay, next scene, um, we get to the hotel lobby. Ah, Van. And we finally see Van again. And, you know, I really, I didn't realize until the scene played out all the way that he didn't have a room there. He was just stopping in to find out where the nearest Apple store was. But <laughs> looks up and sees Van. And I knew, I don't know if you felt this, but I was like, he been to see Van. Like I could tell when he looked up and that look came across his face that, yeah, there she go. And there she was. Super chill. She on the same the shit as Barry. The timeline of this, they have been out there for hella long. Absolutely. Because he said because six weeks. Been, Yeah. We, like, so I'm going to say. Up. I'm so sorry. Just, I'm so sorry. Hold that thought. Yes. Who wasn't in the episode though? Socks. Yes. Hallelujah. Socks was nowhere. Whoo, chow. But where is You're not getting into that. Who gives a shit? He's not there. So (laughs) (laughs) I want you to continue making your point though. I'm sorry. (laughs) I just realized that because that's not in my notes. (laughs) Somebody made a point on Twitter and I feel like I have to look at Dan through a different lens now because of, and they were like, if you look at Van's behavior, y'all, mm-hmm. you're not going to tell me that's not, you haven't seen that from depressed people. And I was like, you know what? Oh. When I am in one of my depressive moods, mm-hmm. I withdraw. When I'm around other people, it seems like I'm fine, but mm-hmm. I feel better being by myself. I'm mm-hmm. super low key. Mm-hmm. because inside it's like 20 cats trying to get out of a bag oh lord but my outer appearance is that I'm very calm mm-hmm. but I'm depressed and I was just like I'm not gonna talk shit about me no more because I, I, see I support that. that I see it like you're I trying to that. figure shit out what the fuck am I supposed to be doing and as moms, you know, we do not have the luxury of being like, I'm going to take a break from my kid and get my life together. She has this opportunity and she has been gone from her kid for weeks. Right? And said, we can't do this. We're parents. And she said, but nobody asked where you were. Does your mama know where you at? Does your mom know where you are? Yeah. And I love that that came up because we as moms are not allowed to take any time away from our children. And when we do, there is a good handful of people who be like, where your kid at? 
Why your kid ain't with you? Why you in my motherfucking business? Maybe I have a day off like we both did today. Right, Cola? Honey, yes, because I was just going to shout out my brother. Um, Darnell, if you are listening to this, I love you so much for taking my kids for a day and a half. It wasn't quite two days. Would have loved that. But, you know, I love you nonetheless. <laughs> so... <laughs> I look at them through a different lens now because it isn't that any of us want to abandon our children, but sometimes Mm -hmm. life gets overwhelming and you see how Earn has a break from his daddy responsibilities because he on tour. Consistently. Right. Even when he's not on tour, you know. Exactly. And nobody says It's the luxury of being more like the auxiliary parent. Exactly. So, you know, like with non-custodial might as well be auxiliary. Seriously. In most cases, non-custodial slash auxiliary is also um, the good guy. When you, when they get to spend time with you, then it is just all treats and trips to the zoo and candy canes and all other manner of sugars. (laughs) Right. Mom's got to be the enforcer and be cleaning up vomit like I just did about an hour ago. Like, you know, <laughs> it's it's real in these streets, you know, it's it's very real. So I just love my what I wrote down in my notes was Van was making points. Shout out to your homie for really helping us to humanize her that much more by indicating that because that was kind of shitty of us. Um to not take that into consideration. Like, well, damn, what's going on with our mental health? Is she all right? So- um, She's not even there on the dime. That is the thing that I'm just like, you know what? I Don't say nothing bad to me about Van because she ain't spending none of their money. Wait, she's not. So she did say that she wasn't there on their dime. Did I miss that part? They didn't plan for her to come. Ern said that. Oh. We didn't, we didn't plan for you to even be here. And she has been there for weeks, y'all. She has not asked on her own dime. She hasn't had any money. We don't know where she's been staying. Wow. We don't know what she's been doing, but she ain't used none of their money to do her Euro trip. Wow. Is that big? That will go off, man. I'm proud of you, girl. Um, hope you feel better, though. But then there was the Karen attack. Oh my God, this bitch. And that, it's, it's, it like, (sighs) what I'm trying to say is, because all my words were just trying to rush to the front of my mouth at once. You never know when you might find yourself in a situation like that. You're literally minding your own business. And next thing you know, you're Mm -hmm. in that situation. That ended very nicely for them. That ended in a free luxury suite. But that doesn't go that way. The black man. Yeah. Very much so. That that definitely can't take for granted that, you know, he stepped in in the way that he did. But that was really fucked up. Yes, it was. I had something came up in my spirit just about this very thing. And I'm like, we gonna have to get into it right quick. The audacity of white people to be upset about black theft is just insane to me because y'all stole this whole country the entire our this country and you stole other countries that was y'all's thing 
stealing conquer stealing and not just like i guess if you just stole it but then there was like violence and we see a lot of the remnants of that to this very day in in in, in that very scene the violence with how she yes. felt entitled to come up to her like who the fuck are you like you get to make this you're making a citizen's arrest like, you're, you no out of here i don't know you get your fucking hands off of me yeah and, and I don't even care. Just total honestly, like I'm curious, did she really steal it? You know, as Van asked her later in the episode, but I don't give a fuck about whether or not we stole it. So what if we stole it? I something? never want that question answered. I don't want them to answer it. That's fine with me. It's not, I, I don't think it's, it's her wig. Fuck it. <laughs> it's her wig. You know, if, if considering what I just said about how much was stolen, stolen from us, not just our labor, but to this very day. How many mm-hmm. generations back, Sunita, can you trace of your your lineage? I can't go Don't back to my great grandmothers on both so sides. That's where it stops. Our identity stolen. Mm-hmm. We do not have. What is our native tongue? Like what we learn all these languages, and that's you know fancy, mm-hmm. but like. Our languages intentionally stolen, our ties to our culture, like, and I thought about this some years ago when I was very much on this kick to learn, ooh, how do I make these certain Asian dishes and how do I make these Italian dishes? And then I just kind of came around and was like, how do I make the dishes that my ancestors ate? I don't even know what the fuck they was eating. And that was a very sad moment for me. And still to this day, I don't know. Right. As a result of theft. Yeah. I I had a friend who he was, he was so adamant about black people not giving their DNA for ancestry and the other DNA kits Mm -hmm. that you could use because he was just like, our DNA is sacred, this, that, and the other. And I said, but some people are really trying to figure out like who they are. What, what was their native tongue? What was their native foods? What is their native culture? And sometimes that's a starting point for us as black people. We may not completely fill out our tree by it, but it's a starting point. And he was still like Adam and Elgis. And I said, you're speaking from a place of privilege because you can trace your roots all to what tribe your people were from in Africa. Most Black people cannot do that. So our cultural memory and our cultural identity has been stripped from us by white people and they have the nerve to call us savages. That they're civilized. They bring civility everywhere they go. But this motherfucking Karen who ran up on Van, what part of civil behavior was that? There was nothing. It's like she could have just... Minding your business will just take you so far. She ended up looking like an Thank idiot you. anyway. So it was like, what are you talking about? I got this wig from down the street at Christine's. I love how she she was very calm about it. I mean, I want to believe her, but like like you said, I don't necessarily need an answer to whether or not she stole <laughs> that wig. But um, <laughs> I would like an answer, you know, to this question: How have y'all paid for y'all's crimes? They haven't. And that's they that's the real question. <laughs> Why are you up here talking about thievery or whatever? Where do you think we learn it from? We're assimilating. 
<laughs> Leave us alone, you guys. We're no gross, ill. But did you see how Ern stepped in real soon? Listen, I, he I wrote got the room. So many brownie points for that. He like, yes, get it. My fiance and <laughs> we were just, they never gave us our luggage. And when I first looked at it, I was like, oh shit, I really believed him. <laughs> I was impressed. I was impressed with his fuckery. He was really a one way to way to do it. It just, you know, and I I can't be mad at, at being opportunistic in that way. It's the least that you can do. The least that y'all can do is give us free rooms or whatever, you know, so that he he definitely got off on that. And that room was really nice. But we're gonna come back to that. So then we get to, <laughs> we come back to Darius and he is very much being Darius, just walking down the street, unbothered. And until, and you know, it, it's got to be really wild for him to look shaken, but he definitely was shaken when he saw that the restaurant was closed down because it was quick. It couldn't have been no more than a week, maybe a couple of days, maybe the next day that he comes back and he finds a restaurant shut down. I don't think it happened in like a day because it wasn't like she had those, all that stuff ready to go. Maybe about a week then. But the way that they're time hopping. But hold on though. I know you said that it could, she didn't have all that stuff. But one thing that I do remember her indicating very specifically when they were sitting in the restaurant was that her husband, if I'm not Mm -hmm. mistaken, her husband was already in the food truck and restaurant game. Yes. So when I say all that stuff, I'm saying like the graphics for the Mm -hmm. name and that stuff, it it takes that to get that. It takes time. It isn't something she could call up, not unless she was like. I believe he's connected enough to be able to flip it really quickly. I I believe that either. I don't think it took the standard amount of time. Yeah, you're right. I believe that, yeah, either it happened really fast, like Mm -hmm. for real, or it just appeared to have happened that fast to kind of like poke fun at like how (laughs) swiftly they'll jump on some shit. Yeah. So realistically speaking, in Mm -hmm. order to buy an entire storefront, Mm -hmm. right, it's going to take some time. Because a few weeks in the real estate at all. Because even mm-hmm. if you have cash money, you, you still got to sign paperwork, right? Yeah. You have to sign over ownership. So let's say it took three to six weeks mm-hmm. for her to get that truck out there. Yeah. And I, I, the only reason I say that is because their time spans are weird in the season. So like the first time uh, earned text, not the first, but the first time van responded to earn it had been six days Mm -hmm. it was one day for us right right and then when he saw her in the hotel he was like you've been gone for weeks oh it had just been what two episodes since we left something i get yeah they're they're definitely you know on a surrealist timeline is what i've been saying (laughs) they are and there has online some people have been talking about like their timing doesn't add up and it's like 
they don't give a fuck about the timing because they want you to understand. They were like, they haven't been out there that long. That's not how long tours last. And it's like, clearly y'all know nothing because a tour can last a year or two years. Yeah. Depending on how you're touring, you can leave a location and come back. So like I looked at Burner Boy's tour, how he was touring and he would go to Norway and then he'd go to like Switzerland and then he'd come back to Norway and then he would go somewhere else and then he'd go somewhere else, but then he'd come back. And this is in a matter of like three months. I only I, looked at his schedule for like three months. A tour, you know, logistics, they they work different for every respective tour. And yes. um, I'm just thinking about the European end of it where I know that artists especially like black artists when they tour or mm -hmm. just any artist I guess I don't know a whole lot about this but I do have the understanding that European tours tend to last a while yeah they do you got a lot of ground to cover you got like yeah. a whole other world of fans over there in so many different places so a tour in the United States could take a long time but I know artists especially black artists tend to do very well money-wise when they're touring mm -hmm. in Europe so Ain't no telling how long they was over there, but I just know that that was really whack. How night Nigel Bowl. Oh my God. I, oh, I wanted to jump through the screen. She was so chipper about it. She just, it's just interesting to me how she didn't even anticipate that he would have an issue with it. And my biggest frustration with him was that in true Darius fashion, he did not like put up a fuss about it he didn't like indicate to her hey this is fucked up but just like she listened to him in order to get as much information as she needed to go ahead and go and flip the whole situation into a food truck and get the restaurant shut down she could have listened to him as he indicated to her you did a really bad thing white lady yeah what you did he at least could have said this is wrong for you to be in business and for her to be out of business and then what? you fucked up the recipe. Like you're, uh, who adds peach preserves to jollof rice? Come on now. And you heard, and I know you heard him say something about golden raisins. And you know yes. that is and then joke. The order over the phone, they put cheese on it. What are you I doing? heard, I was listening to all, I was, yes, I was picking up on all of those ways that they were doing. I know the Nigerians <laughs> were losing it. Travesty. <laughs> Woo, I'm so sorry for y'all. For those of you whose culture was directly disrespects, very sorry for y'all. So that was frustrating enough for me. And mm, yeah, that was it was violence. Was that's violence. You know, we, we have to call it what it is, and that is very important to indicate is that it's violence, and he just left. And then I'm sure, because you're as observant as you are, that you heard the lady tell him to recycle. He should recycle that. Oh, when this bitch was like, he's like, like, shut up, white bitch. Go just run and walk your dog. Do you see a recycling bin anywhere nearby? I didn't even uh -oh. read into that. I just know that that was like, <laughs> get on about your business somewhere, you know, to handle that. The business that pays you. That. So right after he walks off, we see the commercial. Oh, this commercial so was cringe. such trash. Cringe. Such trash. Trash cringe. 
We all are from a hood. That's not what we meant. Yikes. No, that's not. That's not what he meant. They knew that's not what he meant. Could have done without that. But were you surprised though? Of course not. Because they do this shit all the fucking time. We must make this palatable to white people. It was so interesting. And they explicitly said that, but it was just so interesting. By then, I was fucking exhausted. I was like, wow, we really gone. We really getting into all of it, aren't we? That's why I said I felt like I was gaslit at the end and I need to go smoke a damn cigarette because I was like. I just, I love how this season (laughs) is not pulling any punches. They are showing yeah what subtle racism and overt racism look like so when people say they're anti-racist are you and i'm glad you mentioned that because what i indicated in the prelude was that this season is ripe for a case study in what are the what's the name of those classes where they be studying race in college there's a variety race theory Yeah, because I remember sitting in those classes and those Mm -hmm. conversations. And this is something that would, I just hope that these, this season is studied in academia. Like when y'all, if you want to talk about it, that's one thing. But this shows you, and this episode needs to be on somebody's syllabus. Y'all professors, get this out. It does. This, that was the most redeeming part about it was like, this is definitely something that is, instructional material this is teachable as fuck so um mm? i said it really is absolutely yeah because there was nuance but then there was not it was just the whole spectrum of nuance was observed like you said overt and not so overt but paperboy's reaction it was appropriate to me. Listen, Absolutely. I I am not, again, I have to point out, I am not a fan of respectability politics because it doesn't, respectability politics doesn't just reside in one area of life. It's mm-hmm. in everything. So you know how there are Black people who pander to the white gays. Don't get upset in front of them. That's going to make us look bad. Fuck them. Yeah. Fuck them. They did some fucked up shit they needed to know. And I feel like when we soften our words for white people, we're just playing into their game. We're pandering to them. I must make my oppressor feel good. Yeah. And they did something bad. No, fuck, I don't. Such a good point, though. I think about this all the time. Like, how is it that we have suffered in so many ways and still to this day, have so many things that make us uncomfortable that they do, but we are expected to use language that is very like coddling and yep. we can't make them uncomfortable. Like, wh- what are you talking about? No. The white fragility. You could take your fragile fucking feelings mm. and go cry in the dark somewhere. Cause I don't care. Do you care that my family is struggling? on a day-to-day basis because you want to pay black women less than everybody fucking else that mm. hurts my feelings you that, care that literally hurts me in so many ways <laughs> children you know it's it's real raggedy out here for me to be trying to tiptoe around and try to figure out it just let's just talk about the things as they are and 
how about more accountability? Yes. And, and trying to make things right, you know, and just start there. Let's just start more accountability and, and more recognizing the privilege that you have. Of course he was pissed and the, the Red Cross aid came out at that point. Yeah. The way they responded to him was very much like, we checked all the boxes. How are you upset? We, we want to be inclusive. Out. You see how they throw that shit back in our face? But we yeah. wanted we wanted to make it inclusive. You didn't care about making shit inclusive when you made that fucking raggedy ass jersey. Mm. But now all of a sudden you're about inclusion. Now you're trying yeah. to, you know, be, be all triple and doubling down. And it wasn't lost on me. I didn't mention this when we first talked about that scene. But when I saw when they went into the press conference and I see a black woman in a wheelchair singing a song, I was just like, ill. It don't, it don't have nothing to do with her being disabled or anything like that. It is very much like you went and found the most disenfranchised looking person that you could in order to sit up here on the stage to make you look like you really gave a fuck. Yep. That wasn't lost on me. I did catch that. There were some things I missed, but I caught some other things. <laughs> that that kind of reminded me of when I was watching the Braves game, they had this black dude. He was an opera singer singing the national anthem. Mm-hmm. And he was putting so much emphasis on and the land of the free. And I was just like, in the state of Georgia, the Atlanta Braves Stadium is chock full of nothing but white people. You got this black opera singer. I just was laughing while I was drinking my beer. Like, this is some right. And it's still the Braves. We still need to fix oh, that. Yeah. Racism. It's still. It's a, the mascot's an Indian. That's problematic. Y'all need to know that. So um, I had took a note about something that was happening during that scene, but we've actually already unpacked that much because we got really deep into that nonprofit stuff. And I don't necessarily even want to assume, like you said about the Black Black Lives Matter uh, Mm -hmm. leaders, I don't want to assume that he was doing all bad, you know, Um, but he was doing his reparations worth it. Because he said he got 100K. I was just like, dang, you know, because when they said that they would give a donation to the charity, I guess they was definite. I mean, they have it. What's 100K to these people? A sneeze. What is 100K to these people? And wow. So there's that. Now, back to the hotel room, this beautiful luxury suite. First thing I want to point out, I noticed Hiatus Coyote was playing. Yes, I love them. Red Room. I was just like, wait a minute. I know this one. This is my germ. Okay. That's mood valiant such a bop so that was a highlight yes <laughs> i don't know the other song when she was like did you know the other song uh-huh who was that what was that about because it was a good i song. can't tell you i didn't write it down but i, I listened to it too mm-hmm. um and then the question of did she steal the wig but because Ern asked her i and... love that she just didn't answer him normally i do not condone stonewalling i do not but <laughs> I feel like when she didn't respond, it was that I'm giving you an answer with the silence. Like, how dare you ask me this? We're not even going to talk about this. Yeah, Let's just enjoy this, this sweet. 
I'm finna let you bust it wide open, and then I'm gonna go back to wherever the fuck I was the last few weeks. Oh, so you do find my business. You think I'm Yes. It was definitely suggesting that, but she I think so. When did she leave, though? He wakes up- Left while he was asleep. But it didn't even look like she was in the- Did you not notice the other side of the bed looked very smooth? I mean, she smoothed it out when she got out. I suppose. Yeah. Ain't no telling. We won't ever really know if she stole the wig or necessarily if they definitely smashed. But I, I do believe that more likely than not that they actually did. So that was, that's where it ended. No socks. I still want to know what Van has been doing. Like, are you plotting to go get the baby and bring her back and be like, we live in Europe now, nigga. (laughs) You, she has been living and minding her damn business. So that is my prediction is that we're finally going to get how many more episodes we got till the season is over? I don't know. I didn't really try to look ahead. We definitely got to be past the halfway point at, at six. So I don't know. Cause I'm going to have to look into that to figure out whatever the uh, finale festivities are going to be. If it doesn't happen this season, then I guess it can happen in a future season. Listen, Assuming that doesn't take more years for them to come back. I'm impatient and they better not pull that shit again. Mm, I just, can't we just rejoice that socks is gone? Yes. <laughs> but I I want to rejoice, but I, you know, the skeptic in me is like, but why is he gone? Because he was in, he was with them last mm. episode when they left yeah, on the bus. You just explained so eloquently how they be skipping around in time. You're right. So I feel like they're going to show us what happened to Sox because they can't do that. They have to. He threw his phone away. What was the motive behind that? You're just going to leave us hanging? I just, I know enough from having seen enough from how they do things and not do things that some questions are just left unanswered to the no. point where I forgot it was even a question. It's still no, question. Cola. You can't accept it. That's fine. I don't. I don't accept it. To know how to. So my prediction is that we're not going to find out. We're not going to see Fox anymore. And the whole point was that Fox is gone. I didn't even notice that. Why are you a hater of my dreams? Why? Like, I want to know, but I just am. I'm okay with, or I've, I've come to, I'm at peace with not finding out because, you know, one thing that they make very clear from episode to episode is that we ain't entitled to no damn answers <laughs> you get what you get yes. and that's all that it is so the phone was ringing mm-hmm. i no. don't know who that was i just assumed that because he probably didn't pay them any money he just took the free night that perhaps that was just them letting him know that you know you need to come and pay or you need to get out so the apple store i've was he looking for the Apple store for, to get, no, he because said that he had a crack in his Apple watch. Okay. You never really know. I, I can't even make a prediction. I don't even, 
I just was less just right excited there. for Thursday. I just said it right there. One thing that I will predict, that I will venture to predict, is that they will continue with the storyline and maybe not jump back into some abstract, random, non-related. Nah, there's more coming. There's more, I don't there's know. more coming. So I just need to find out like how many more episodes we have left and potentially see what all I can maybe speculate upon but idk so i appreciate you all for listening to this much we had to unpack a lot here and um boy did we it's gonna be 10 episodes oh you found it oh wow so we got four more left i'm i'm just gonna leave it right there no idea what to i genuinely cannot so i want y'all to let us know what your predictions are. Let us know whatever you want to let us know. Ask questions, leave your commentary, engage us. We just want to hear from you. Uh, hashtag Unpacking Atlanta on Twitter. You can find all the details about how to communicate with us on Twitter. Real basic, simple syrup, you guys. It's yes. just a sweet. <laughs> I made that up. What am I talking about? Anyway, that is my very awkward way of showing you that I don't know how to end episodes, but I will say this. Paula doesn't know what to do with her hands. I don't know what to do with my hands. I guess we're done here. I appreciate y'all for tuning in and we cannot wait to unpack with y'all. Next time, unpackers, y'all be well. Don't let this show stress you out. Bye. Bye.